Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot Z A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 1233 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We're talking about the top five goaltenders in the NHL. Out of Medicine Hat, Blaine who played in the NHL, has texted the show uh, and was a goaltender. I'll give you a hint. It was with Boston. He texted the show to say Vasilevsky, uh, Kemper, Tukarask, Lehner, Corpusalo are the top five goaltenders, in his opinion, uh, in the NHL. Another texter says, come on, Bob, get it right. Fuhr, Ranford, Rolison, Moog, Salo. I'm not. I'm talking the top five in the NHL, not the top five winners. Um uh, <laughs> Again, you can text us at any time, 780-496-0063. There we go. Uh, John Shannon's going to join us right now at this time. Is uh, But before we do, I'm going to tell you, the guests on our show receive guest certificates to the Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. They've got the John Shannon table at Roos Chris. It's Edmonton-owned and operated. It's open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. John, how was your weekend? What was that? Is that a table for one? Is that what that is? <laughs> I'm not sure. Me and all, me and all my friends. Uh, I'm right. Mediterranean chicken. Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be at Royal Pizza. And yeah, you're uh, you're you're having fun with me there because I, I I've actually had that experience before. It's 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 part of road travel. There's oh. uh, it doesn't happen often, but there are the occasional times where you end up eating by yourself. Just let let, let me here. just let me just tell you the guys at Ruth's Chris in Edmonton. Yes. on a regular basis. There was nothing more fun than to sit at the bar, have a glass of wine, have a good New York strip, Caesar salad, the conversation with the staff. It's all good. Watch a little sports. Life was pretty good that night. You know what? I kind of, we had an event on Saturday night for a buddy of ours, and uh, he turned 55, and it was, it's, you know, and there were, there, were, there were a fair amount of people there, big room and everything, lots of space and people. But it is a different world and the little things in life. Yeah. Man, oh, man, oh, man, we're, you know, we miss. And uh, just got to power our way through it, I guess. That's what I used to tell my tree planters when I was a foreman. But, hey, uh, we're having a conversation on the top five goaltenders yep. in the NHL. Uh-huh. Uh, and I will say this, the majority of the people that are texting the show have Carey Price and Andre Vasilevsky on every list. Uh, where, who do you got in your top five? Well, I mean, I, those two guys, Not, and I'm not sure of the order, whether it's Vasilevsky first and Carey second or vice versa. Uh, and But I'm going to go a little off the board. I, I think that there are a couple of guys that we ha- that have either been forgotten or just haven't have a big enough sample size. And, and one of the guys that I would put on based on what I've seen is Igor Shosturkin. A uh, very short time in the NHL, yep. but I'll tell you what, he's a he's a franchise changing player. Uh, and is going to going to make a real issue for the New York Rangers to make a decision on what to do with Henrik Lundqvist who's a, a, a shoe-in Hall of Famer. Uh, but, you know, it isn't going to be the future of the franchise. And Shosturkin, 
who I, his numbers for the regular season before the uh, the pause were just phenomenal, and I I think he's he's got to be on anyone's list if we're we're talking about it. The other guy I think that doesn't get very much credit is John Gibson in Anaheim. So, uh, again, didn't play for the greatest team, uh, but I think John Gibson is one of those guys that uh, can win you a ton of games. Uh, is a, is a, a workhorse. Uh, loves to play 65 to 70 games a year, so I would put Shesterkin and Gibson on my list, and then right now I'd have to put Robin Leonard on the list. I mean, I know that, uh, and 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 I'll tell you what, I'm a huge Flurry fan, but I think Robin Leonard is really, really good. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, you know what? We'll switch focus. I was going to talk about Tampa. We'll get to that in a second. Should we be surprised uh, that Dallas is up 3-1? And I, bring, I preface this by saying, John, we did our predictions for the show at the start of the year, Brendan, Jack, Reed, and myself. Yeah. And uh, Reed and me both had Dallas winning the West. That was back in September, a year ago. Now, I moved, uh, full disclosure, I moved off that when we had the return to play. I had Vegas winning. But I just... You know, Dallas was a strange team. Like, when they wanted to turn it on, they seemed to be capable of turning it on and really shutting teams down. Vegas has only got 10 goals in their last seven games, dating back to the Vancouver series. So the question I have for you, is Dallas a surprise that they're up 3-1? Well, I think they have to be, simply because we never thought that they could play with this consistency. I mean, the one I'll tell you what, and and I'm thrilled for the people that work for Dallas. Jim Neal is a friend. He's done a marvelous job. Rick Bonus, I've known since he was a player. Even the owner, Tom Gallardi, I know well enough to to be happy for him. What this shows to me is, I don't know. Do you remember a couple of years ago when the president of the team, Jim Lights, went off on them, saying, "You know, we got to be better. We got to do this." Well, he didn't. Yeah, say on Sagan and Ben. Like well, he, but, but this this to me was this this to me really reinforces the belief that this team over the last five years has underachieved, has not done what the expectations. Yep. This this is the real team now. What we're seeing is a team that you know can play it any way they want. They can play hard checking. They can they can open it up. Uh, they can play defensive at times, although, I mean, Hudobin has been absolutely phenomenal. Brilliant. But, to, but this, this reinforces Jim Light's temper, temper tantrum that, you know, they, they have to be better. And what I can also tell you, and, and, and Rick, Rick Bonus would admit this too, I think, is that uh, early in the, in, the, in the return to play, it was their young guys making the difference, and they were pulling the veterans along, and now the veterans yeah. have come on board. And I think that's a big part of it. Well, uh, three of the four teams in the conference finals in states with no state tax. Uh, I would say Dallas is a low pressure. I mean, it's all about the Cowboys in Dallas. You talked about, you know, the everybody loves Jim Nil. Uh, their PR staff yeah. is accountability. I tell you what, you bring up a really good point about accountability. There's a lots of lots of places you play where there's no accountability. And you can have a good team, and well, you know you can put your shorts on, your flip flops, and leave yep. the arena and go play golf. Yep. yep. And you know, you know that's an issue. That's a problem. And uh, that, to me, is is one well, of those things that, uh, that, that 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 organizations try to do. Steve Eiserman did that in in Tampa. 
he created accountability for that franchise. Because there's no pressure on those players in those markets from the fans of the media. I'm sorry, there yep. just isn't. Sure, just, right. just, just, I mean, it's it's not as much. But you, you know, but here here's the thing: when uh, let's say for, let's let's take Connor for example versus Jamie Ben. When Connor decides to go to the corner store and buy a a, a loaf of bread and, and yes. a quart of milk. Yep. Or a liter of milk. Sorry, I better get into this century. A liter of milk. You can bet there's five people telling him stories. Why aren't you better? Why aren't you winning? When Jamie does it in Plano or whatever suburb he lives in in Dallas, nobody see it. Nobody recognizes him. Uh, the accountability away from the rink is vastly different for a ton of these guys. Some of them love it. Some of them thrive on it. Some of them enjoy it for the lifestyle. But I'll tell you what, that's the pressure of playing in a, in a, in a hockey-mad city, like, and not just in Canada, but in Philadelphia, uh, in Boston, uh, in New York, uh, where, where the fans will call you on not playing a good game. And that's something I think in a lot of these cities, like Dallas, at times people, there weren't enough to care, and when you did care, they didn't recognize you when you were out shopping. Uh, I'll take it one step further. Like in, in Connor's rookie year, fifteen sixteen, the year he got hurt, Jamie Ben led the NHL in scoring. Okay, he, Jamie and Jamie Ben got compensated for that. Uh, this past season, John, in sixty nine games, he only had thirty nine points in the regular season. Like those are second line numbers for a guy that is compensated to be a top twenty player in the league, and they, uh, you know, and and, and I'm now going to transition to the other series because we talked a bit about goaltending everybody everybody that's texted the show's got vasilevsky in their top five a year ago in the playoffs he went 0-4 against columbus 3.82 goals against average 856 save percentage john they only lost 16 games in the regular season got swept in four straight mm-hmm. kucherov well, he the too, didn't he? yes kucherov won the mvp kucherov point and stamkos in those four games had five points. Yeah. Five points, John. Could you have imagined? Just, just hear me. If, if the, if, if you transported that team to Edmonton, sixty-win team in Edmonton, fans would say, "Oh, we take that all day, Stoffer." Given we had criticism in Edmonton from some people, criticize the Oilers didn't win because their top players didn't lead them. Well, their top three players had twenty-three points in four games. And Koskinen, who's not as good as Vasilevsky, had an 889 save percentage. The top three players had 23 points in four games against Chicago. Mm. Kucherov, Point, and Stamkos, five points in four games against Columbus. And what did Tampa do? They didn't panic. Now, maybe it's part of their, their you know, what they've got. And, and they got a better team than the Oilers, but they didn't panic. They didn't blow the team up. They focused on improving the depth. Is there a lesson in that, John? A little bit. Um, I, I mean, I, I also think that there were enough changes made uh, in Tampa uh, in other places. I mean, Julian Brisebois did a good job at the deadline yep. uh, in getting you know Coleman and Goudreau. Um, he did a good job over the last year in changing a little bit of the personality of the blue line. When you think, I think we talked about this last week, when, when yep. you think that you know, Bogosian ends, ends up there. Um, you, you know, Luke Shin ends up becoming a, 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 a viable cog, seventh guy that can can make a difference. I mean, there's they they you know they, you know signing Kevin Shattenkirk changed the personality of that blue line at a time uh, when 
maybe all the responsibility wasn't on Vasilevsky's head. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're talking about team defense and how things needed to prove. What they did do is they went and got some, some more character for their hockey club, which I think has made a huge difference for them. Yeah, they, now they didn't have Hedman, but you know no, what? Victor was hurt, that's right. Right, but, and again, Clefbaum, not anywhere near the player Hedman is, but he had a tough play. And I guess, I guess now, now here's where I'm going to sort of go here, John, is the Oilers don't have a lot of cap space this summer. So do you make a big play for a trade, or do you look to, to, to nibble on the edges for a year, and then next year, when you've got, you'll you'll have a lot more cap space in a year from now. You could probably add five three million dollar players in a year from now. Okay, well you yeah. can you can add five three million dollar players in a year from now. You can get, you know, you had three forwards, one defenseman, and one goalie at that price point. You can get some decent guys. So. You know, I'm not sure. The market doesn't want to hear it. Like, you know what? The market's like, go get Ekman Larson. And I brought up Ekman Larson last week. And, that, I mean, he'd upgrade their defense. We have some fans that say, why would you take that contract on for that contract length? You know what I mean? And others will say, you got to do that right now because you got a chance to get a, a top-pairing defenseman in here and to play with Connor and Leon. So what would you do? What would you do in that situation? Well, first of all, I... If you can tell me exactly how free agency is going to work this year in the National Hockey League, I don't think there's going to, I mean, everybody says, well, you know, the big guys are going to get their big money. Uh, I, I am not confident of that. Same here. I, I, you know, here, here's a reality of what's going on in the business of hockey right now. No teams are getting any money right now. So people, teams are cash poor. Cash poor. Uh, what they're going to do on October the 9th when they try to sign players and players want bonuses, I'm not sure there are going to be many bonuses signed. Uh, so that's going to drive the market down. Uh, so I, I, I think this is one of those ones where you, 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 I wouldn't be rushing to judgment on noon on October the 9th. This might be a good, this might be a good off season to sit and wait and figure out how to improve the hockey club. We're seeing a few of these trades because guys are trying to, 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 to jockey and lobby for what the offseason is going to be because they don't really know what the offseason is going to be, and they're trying to make sure they have every option open, every option possible. So that, that's, that's where I think things are going. Uh, and, I mean, I, I think this is one of those years where you sit and you can sit and talk about free agency and you talk about this and you can talk about a certain player. I mean, you could talk about Robin Leonard and goal. I'll tell you what, I'm not sure anybody really knows what's going on because I don't think we know so many variables about how much money is going to be available. Uh, you know, going back to goaltender, like I look at Colorado and I look at Carolina, two teams that have got two goalies signed. And they both might want an upgrade in goal. So let's just say they get into sure. one of those. Like, let's say they get somehow into the laner or uh, Markstrom or even, Mar hey, let's face it, Marc-Andre Fleury. If, Fleury if, if Vegas does have Leonard Dunn, then they're going to be flipping Fleury. So if they end up getting one of those guys, they're going to turn around and trade one of their other goaltenders that have been on some pretty, you know, so and and there's some expiring contracts with those goalies just a year left and again it, i i think this year's free agency period i think there's going to be john there's going to be bargains there oh, is absolutely what we're, what we're what what we're we're going to see and gosh i feel like a broken record about this is this confirms the end of the middle class in 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 hockey 
we're going to see teams wait and wait and wait, and veteran guys are going to have to take a million, two million dollars less. Agents aren't going to be wanting to hear this, but I just think that's a reality of where where teams are and what teams are going to do because teams don't even know when the season is going to start. I'll tell you, Darren Ferris, as an example, has Andreas Athanasiu. He's $3 million to be qualified. Who has that money to qualify an inconsistent player like Andreas Athanasiu? No, you're not wrong. Right? You're not wrong. And if if he goes to market, he might not make more than a million and a half. This guy scored 30 goals two years ago. And I think there's more than a handful of guys at that level, Bob. So do I. So do I. Because it does go to consistency of play. And if you're, if you're, every manager now is going to penny pinch when they can, in order to try to save money for that rainy day. And that rainy day might be that that, that free agent that comes out of the, comes out of nowhere or a trade. The other thing about I, I do I do think you you talked about Mark Andre Fleury. I think in the in the by the end of uh, uh, free agency and when and Vegas is getting uh, into a point of having to decide, I would suspect that Marc-Andre Fleury might be the best bargain available in the NHL if Vegas can carry two to two and a half million dollars. Yeah, well, Leonard... And why, not, and why wouldn't they? And why wouldn't they if they can get Robin Leonard at five times five? No, absolutely. I mean, then they, they eat two on uh, Fleury, and they're spending the same amount of money. John, right. as always, thanks for your time. Okay, Bob, you didn't you didn't like my Shesterkin? You didn't like you didn't think? Oh no, no. I look. Uh, Chris Knobloch had him in your or in uh, with the Rangers farm team this year. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Jesus, going well for you. He goes, Stoff. I got the yeah. best goalie in the league. That's what he, he said. He said the guy's guy un- lights out. Lights he's, out. He's un. The, the Rangers are in a good spot, and then they fluke off and win the lottery. They're in a good spot. John. Well, and then hey, maybe Henrik goes somewhere for a year too, right? Yeah, time will tell. We'll talk on Wednesday, John. Thanks for your time. Okay, Bob. You bet. Twelve fifty one in Edmonton. Mitch has Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, if it was me, I'd stay quiet. If I was Ken Holland, I would deal for a goalie. Uh, but if I'm taking on a goaltender from a team like Carolina, theoretically, or Colorado, that. Uh, signs or brings in another goalie when they got two goaltenders under contract. I need a pick to take on the goalie from that organization. You could see that happen. I mean, I, that is an entire possibility. Twelve. I mean, look at Colorado. They got about. I mean, they could they could beef up this upcoming. On they've they've got to get uh, which restri- Burakovsky and he's got to get signed as a restricted free agent from them. Uh, won't cost them as much to get Nachushkin and Tyson Jost extended. They're restricted free agents as well. They got Graves on defense and uh, Zadorov, so they're going to need to spend a little bit of money on RFAs. Right now they're at about fifty nine million. So that might take them to seventy. Like they got a pretty good team. The big year for them's coming up in the next couple of years. Uh they I mean Nathan McKinnon's at six point three million for the next three seasons. Lannascog's up in a year from now. They've been a little bit unlucky, Colorado. They haven't had Eric Johnson the last two years in Game 7. A year ago, they didn't have McKinnon in the Game 7 series. They lost. It was at the uh, San Jose. And this past year, obviously, they didn't have Landis Scott. 1252 in Edmonton. We'll get to more of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line when we return in Oilers Now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 
1254 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. The Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown, Injury Lawyers. James H. Brown, Jim Brown, Trent Brown, they want you to stay safe, stay positive, and when accidents do happen, reach out to jameshbrown.com. Back at the 630 Chad Studios, the young gun himself, Brendan Escott. All right, Bob. Well, Golden Knights forward, Tomas Nosek, missed game four against the Stars. He was deemed unfit to play, and there has not been an update provided ahead of tonight's game, so consider him a game-time decision. That's the same status for Rupe Hints across the ice for Dallas. Game-time decision for the forward, while Ben Bishop... Radic Faxa and Stephen Johns all deemed out. They are unfit to play. All right, uh, into the Ashley Five. Well, you, you know what? It's Hello. a great, it's a great song. Unfortunately, it's not true. I'm not fabulously uh, rich, marginally talented, but uh, geez, we all wish we were. Uh, Fabulously rich. Uh, you can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Peter from Wainwright has texted the show to say, Bob, Joe Sackick said he's happy with both goaltenders moving forward. He also said he wanted to keep Tyson Berry a week before he traded him last season. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Grubauer getting traded before or during next season. They need a top goalie right now. Uh, so we'll wait and see. That's obviously from a Colorado fan. Uh, another speaking of... <laughs> This text comes in saying, Bob, uh, Jamie Benn probably doesn't have media uh, writing dumb articles about how they have to be better uh, for them to win, unlike Connor and Leon when they're two of the best players in the league. Well, Jamie Benn did have to put up with the company's CEO, Jim Lights, unleashing a verbal tirade on Ben and Sagan specifically. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. That was... Uh, an interesting scenario. Well, it's one way to get some talk in the Dallas market. It's obviously dominated by the Dallas Cowboys and by, uh, you know, Texas football and that sort of thing. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Another texter says, what would it take to sign Barry? Could the Oilers not move out Larson? I think Tyson Barry, you might get at a bargain. You might get him on a one-year deal at $4 bucks. He may have the appetite to sign in Seattle. I think Seattle's enticing to some players. Bob, I would go big. What about Oliver Ekman-Larsen for Nugent Hopkins? Yeah, see, if I could get OEL, I would want to go a different route than sacrificing Nugent Hopkins. Nugent Hopkins is an elite special teams player that's a good complementary player at even strength. So I would try to go about it a different way. And I think in Arizona's case, what they want to do is they want to get rid of money. So they might take some short-term money, maybe guys with a year left in their deal, then get that money off the books in a year from now if they could get a prospect pick combination. 780-496-0063. Top five goaltenders. Kardsky says, hey, Bob, Price, Flower, Hart, Hudobin, and Corpus Salo are my top five goaltenders. Uh... Mitch in the Greater has texted the show to say, with all due respect, Bob, Nikita Kucherov hasn't had his Jonathan uh, Taze moment yet. I think we're having a uh, good comment. That's, that's an interesting point. I get it, Mitch. Good for you. Kudos. Another texter on the Ashley Fine Floor text line says, Bob, why are all the NHL teams cash poor? Unless uh, they were money-losing teams, why wouldn't they have a rainy day fund like most successful businesses would have? Well, they've had zero revenue coming in since March. Okay? None. 
some of the operators own the building and have concerts and that sort of thing and need to keep people employed during those times. Uh, and frankly, there's some successful businesses that have had to close over the course of the last six months just became because it became too problematic. When you're in the entertainment industry and you can't have people at your events, it's hard, man. It's hard. It's all there is to say it. Uh, Bob, remind the audience what happened a few years ago when Newton Hopkins was out and the team lost like a billion games when he was out of the lineup. Why? Come on. Plain and simple. Throw it out there right now. Do you want the Oilers to sign uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins to an extension? If you can get it done for seven or less a million per year, like let's say it's six, seven, five, or six and a half on a six, seven, or eight-year extension, my guess is the majority of the listeners to the show that would text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three on the Ashley Fine Floors text line want to see Ryan Nugent Hopkins get re-signed. Off to a global uh, news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell at one oh five. Al May, the beast of the east when we return in Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, six thirty Chad.